get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We're going out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line to be joined by one of my old friends. He's Eric at home with Yahoo Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. And he's going to hopefully help us make some sense of what we watched this weekend in the NFL. I need some help considering I'm 0-9 on my football oh, picks yeah. over the last three weeks. Eric, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Good to hear your voice, buddy. Everything's great, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you on. So let, let's start with the AFC, where I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know what to make of any of this at this point. Like the whole, the whole conference feels like everybody is somewhere between okay and pretty good. Who's the best team in the AFC right now in your mind? I, I still think in the end you're going to see teams like Kansas City and Buffalo and, and even Baltimore. I know, you know, the last, you know, couple of fourth quarters haven't gone according to plan and and you know you can question whether you know john harbaugh made some curious decisions or not but those those teams have quarterbacks who can change the game right i mean patrick mahomes was virtually undefendable last night even that late pick really didn't end up hurting them and you know we saw Allen dig himself and his team out of a 17 point hole they were kind of listless early you know, it just there aren't many quarterbacks, I don't think, who can rally a team in that kind of way where you can look out of sorts, you know, fall behind two, even three scores, uh, and the game still can be yours because of special playmaking ability. And, you know, I mean, there there are other good contenders, right? We'll have to see what Tua's condition is. He's already been ruled out for week five, but, you know, we're talking about a three and one team that's had some impressive games. You know, I think Jacksonville, even in a you know a five turnover performance, showed that they can still hang with some of the better teams, and you want to see that consistency week to week. But I think they're much better than than a lot of people figured coming in. And you know, I mean, I don't know what to make of the the Tennessees and the Clevelands of the world, but Chargers, I would throw in that same conversation just because injuries have killed them. You know, they have a propensity to leave the, the door open and let teams back in games, but. I would say those first three right now, just be given given their firepower, have to be respected that way. Eric, the last couple of seasons we've spent on our show talking about how awful the NFC East has been, and it feels like this season that has switched over to two conferences in the AFC when it comes to the AFC South and the AFC North. What do you make of those two divisions? Because I, I, it really is not fun to watch any of those teams play lately. <laughs> I disagree slightly. I feel like I can find <laughs> something to enjoy in almost every team, but I hear your point. It's, it's a fair one. You know, maybe if Jacksonville can figure out things a little bit more, you know, consistency, you might have a decent team there, but you know, the questions with Indianapolis, you know, they're, they're there legitimately. And we thought this was a team, right? Obviously they blew it in week 18 last year, but you know, down the stretch, other than that game, they look like a playoff team and everybody kind of felt like, all right, you add Matt Ryan to this group and, Great offensive line, young defense. It just really hasn't come together, you know, and, and you know, Shaq Leonard's out for another week and, oh. you know, other guys, it's just another, 
you know, a tough break for that team. Ryan's looked old. They don't have a ton of receiving options. So, you know, Houston obviously is winless this season. They have the one tie so far, but hard to make, you know, hard to know what, what they're going to, you know, do this season other than, you know, look, look forward to next year and all the draft picks they have. So Tennessee, I mean, I've had my doubts about them because I didn't, I thought last year, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but I felt like they overachieved in the win column and there were enough sort of potential holes there that, that worried me, you know, that they're, they're not an easy matchup. You have to deal with that run game. I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach, but I would say they still have a clear ceiling to what they can accomplish. So yeah, I think, you know, the South, the North, clearly with the Bengals, if they get hot, with the Ravens, if they find the right combination. Kenny Pickett's now starting for, for Pittsburgh. We know Deshaun Watson's going to be in there. That one may have a higher ceiling. That one may have a little bit more, you know, sort of staying power down the stretch. Eric, I, I think Frank Reich is a really good coach. Like, I, I have really liked the way that he's handled that job over the last few seasons. But they're one, two, and one, and if they lose on Thursday night football, it, it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier from here after they go to Denver on a short week. And as you mentioned, they've got yeah. some injury issues. Do you think Frank Reich's on the hot seat this year, even if it is unfair? After the loss to the Jaguars in week 18 last year, it was a very strained and ugly scene in Indianapolis. I mean, it was at the team facility. There was a lot of tension going on. There was even some question, boy, could they even make changes now? I mean, Jim Irsay was not happy. And he had a long meeting with, with Chris Ballard, the GM, and with Frank Reich, the head coach, basically saying this can't happen again. Well, I mean, knowing what we know now and looking back on that moment, doesn't that uh, automatically put him on the hot seat? Again, I, you know, you have to think about it in terms of what the team is capable of doing, what the owner is capable of doing. And, you know, he's a little bit of a wild card, right? He's been in the league forever and, you know, a little bit of a, you know, fly by the seat of his pants owner, emotional guy, right? Can, can be fun-loving one minute you know, pretty demanding the next. And, and I think that right there is, you know, he's paying for the highest paid offensive line in the league. Hasn't you know, gotten the most, most out of it. He green lights the, the Ryan deal that didn't, that hasn't worked out yet. You know, there's just a lot of things that aren't going right right now. And like you said, I think there's a lot of respect around the league for Ballard and Reich, but you know, right now results-based business and, and what we're seeing, this does not look like a playoff team. So yeah, I think there's, there's at least a, a decent shot if things don't turn around. Uh, Eric, one more question on the AFC that I have, and it's the Denver Broncos. You get the news earlier today Oof. with Javante Williams being done for the season. We talked about it yeah. earlier as like, who do you blame in the circumstance here? Because Nathaniel Hackett just doesn't look like he is, he's out to be the head coach for this team. But on the flip side of that, Russell Wilson also looks like he is not performing at the level we've seen in the past. Yeah. You know, I mean, Wilson will, you know, you'll be watching the Broncos and you think, what's wrong with Russ? What's wrong with this offense? Why isn't it working? And he'll make a splash play and he'll, he'll remind you of the player he's been for the last decade. And you say, okay, I'm willing to give it a little more time. But as you pointed out, I mean, right now, it's tough four games into a coach's career to make any kind of blanket statements about their, you know, their long-term viability and their, their coaching talent and all that, but it hasn't looked right. You know, the, the in-game decisions, the, the, the opening game field goal decision was certainly a curious one, how they handled the clock and how they 
dealt with that situation, then reversing the next day. Oh, you're right. I should have done it that way. That, you know, if, if you're going to go down, go down with conviction, right? <laughs> Say <laughs> we made a mistake. That was what we did. And we're going to fix this thing. And that's how you go on. And I think there, there was a lot, there were a lot of people in Denver who looked at Hackett and said, wow, here's a bright young coach. It was almost like what the, what the Dolphins got with Mike McDaniel, a little bit of a quirky personality, a different approach, you know, a teacher as much of as a coach as anything. So I think the Broncos were expecting the same kind of thing that the Dolphins got from McDaniel. Now, who knows who the better coach is going to be, but right now, you know, one guy, at least on the field, at least, you know, the football X's and O's part of it has looked very prepared. The other one hasn't. So Hackett, yeah, Thursday night's game is huge for both the Colts and the Broncos in terms of just stopping the bleeding, finding some answers, you know, getting an identity offensively. Both teams right now just don't have it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big game Thursday, even if uh, people are going to be a little less inclined to watch because of how they're playing right now. You can find Eric Edholm's takeaways from the NFL weekend over on NFL.com right now. And one of the teams that he wrote about is the team that I want to ask you about, Eric, and it's the Green Bay Packers because – Man, I I just kind of assumed that this was going to be one of those games where the defense held New England to like 14, 13 points. The offense kind of got things going a little bit. And then we'd go into the next three weeks where they play the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders and be like, all right, the Green Bay Packers are going to be really good. They're going to win that division. They're going to win like 13 games this year. They're fine. I don't yeah. necessarily feel that way coming off of that game. The offense just looked okay. The defense was not as good as I expected them to be. And they went up against Bailey Zappi for half of that yes. game. What did you make of the Packers performance yesterday against the Patriots? And this was at home for them. It was. And, you know, obviously we, people are saying, oh my gosh, what, what would happen if Aaron Rodgers lost to Bailey Zappi? I mean, okay. He, he's lost to Josh Rosen at home before. Like, <laughs> you know, like this do happen, right? So let's not jump to any crazy conclusions, but I think you're right about the fact that you expected Green Bay's defense to, to play at a little bit higher level, knowing that the run game was coming. Yeah, New England threw some tricks in there, a few end arounds and stuff, but second half, you know, that one long drive where they went down, it was mostly power running straight at them. You know, and Kenny Clark, high-paid uh, nose tackle, he had a uh, – Last week, obviously, there was a little incident with him, too. He had a penalty this week. And so, you know, just it hasn't looked quite right. And they've been trying to figure out that linebacker position for a while now. It hasn't always worked out there. You know, Rodgers was sort of lost in the first half, 4 of 11 passing. He misses his first two throws in the second half. You know, really looked disconnected with, with his receivers. And the, the man coverage was really giving him trouble. But he made some brilliant throws in the second half, kind of bailed him out a little bit. Defense did enough. And I think that the Patriots ultra conservative play calling with, you know, third string quarterback who's essentially going to be in a red shirt season until yesterday. And, you know, I, I understand why they were cautious, but you know, you're on the road with a chance to get a victory. They don't go for it on the fourth down late. They, you know, they don't really, they, they run it twice in, in overtime before throwing the ball and almost getting intercepted. It was it was, I understand why they held him back, but at some point you've got to try to make a play and steal a game. But for the Packers, their best hope is that they play in a division with a Lions defense that's struggling badly right now with a Minnesota team that's, you know, kind of up and down a little bit. Uh, Chicago can't throw it. You know, everyone at least has a fatal flaw in, in every other team in the division. So Minnesota likely their biggest competition. And, you know, who's to say if Rodgers can't, find a little more groove with Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson and those guys and Alan Lazard back in the lineup. 
that they can't win 12, 13 games again just because of the, the competition they're playing. Eric, is there a best team in the NFC? Well, the Eagles are certainly making a case for it. I mean, you know, I, I think people may have thought that they were going to blow this Jaguars team out and Doug's coming back and let's send a statement. And they did get five turnovers. And the fact that they can kind of win games with their defensive run game now is really impressive. I know that, you know, Hertz has obviously been a big part of the run game and he didn't have a terrific game yesterday, but made enough plays. You know, they really did harass uh, Lawrence in the second half. And I thought, you know, held off and did enough to win the game. Not a pretty one, but you know, they had almost nothing to gain and everything to lose in that one, and they still held firm. So, you know, if if Jonathan Gannon's defense keeps improving the way it has, they're going to stake a claim to, at least for now, be considered the best team in the NFC. Whether that's true in a month or now, I don't know. But, you know, as you pointed out earlier, last couple of years we've said this division has just been morass. I mean, it's not been very good at all. Cowboys have won and Eagles have sneaked in, things like that. This year, I think it's going to be a little stronger, and I think the Eagles are the best team, and who knows what the Cowboys can do if they can push them a little bit. And let's be honest, they scored in the second half. What more can you ask for? Like This is the first time they've done that. i got to give them the credit. They, they finally <laughs> Nirvana, baby. Yeah, it's not, everything's lined up Good now. God. Eric, we'll get you out of here on this one. I know you're a Mizzou guy. Uh, the, the Tigers, I mean... I'm so conflicted on them because over the last two weeks, they should have gone on the road and beaten Auburn and Mm -hmm. all they had to do was hold on to the football to be able to do so or have their all American kicker make one of the multiple kicks that he missed in that game. And then this week they, they had Georgia on the ropes and and they nearly pulled it, pulled it off. Where are you at right now on this Tigers team? Well, there's a lot of positives to be taken from the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I, you know, starting at about the third you know, series at Auburn, you know, and really even through the game, I mean, considering that, you know, they were on the field 75, whatever number of plays there against Georgia second half. I mean, you know, the offense wasn't doing its part necessarily. Uh, defense is much better than I realized it would be, you know, and I think that's an exciting thing. They cleaned up some of the mistakes, some of the big plays they made, gave up earlier in the, in the season, but you know, offensively, it's, you know, I mean, I'm not as hung up on the Luther Bird stuff. I just want to know, is Drink going to be able to develop a quarterback and, and keep the quarterback for a second year? That's yeah. that's really kind of the biggest thing right now, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair question. It, you do some NFL draft stuff, Eric. Is, yeah. is Ty, Tyron Hopper going to be an NFL guy? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, injuries were always the biggest question for him in the past. And just, you know, I mean, he had that big bowl game uh, last year. And I think that was an exciting thing for Mizzou to get him as a, as a transfer, but he's been even far better than I expected. I mean, his pursuit ability is his size, his blitzing ability, coverage dropping, you know, good angles for the football, especially early in games. He's really kind of made his presence felt. So, you know, I haven't talked to anybody about him yet specifically, but I do know there are fans in the NFL community. So I'll, Next time you have me on, I'll try to get a little firmer idea oh, where he's kind of being looked at. But he's he's a draft pick. Awesome. Hey, Eric, we appreciate the time as always. Great to hear your voice again. Hopefully we'll be able to catch up again soon as we learn more about some of these teams around the NFL. Looking forward to it, man. Talk to you soon. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... 
temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.